Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's All Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Hillel Korn, and each episode we get the chance to talk with another amazing Flutter developer. This episode, we're lucky to be speaking with Marco. Welcome, Marco. Really nice to have you here. Can you share a bit about yourself? Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, yeah, I I founded uh, Pixelini Inc. It's a company that actually does focuses on mobile development. So when Flutter came out, it got my attention. We concentrate really on iOS, Android, and the web. The desktop has been secondary to us. The desktop has been more of an enterprise uh, build that we do. But with Flutter, that's got my interest ex- extremely, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. It got my attention. So I'm hoping that Flutter will be going towards that way. Uh, in the past, I've had a company that made uh, mortgage processing, mortgage banking software. I sold it to one of my uh, larger competitors. Uh, I've also built a lot of enterprise apps, and especially like most of the hotel franchises here, uh, like the Hilton, the Holiday Inns, Ramada, Days Inn, Courtyard, Sheridan's, uh, they're probably using the software that I wrote. It's for um, catering. Uh, scheduling when people come in and do the uh, book events. It books what you eat, when you eat it, how many people come to the events. And those were all web-based, desktop-based applications. And on top of everything else, the big thing about me is espresso, coffee. I love it. As a programmer, I can't live without it. Nice. Uh, what, What technologies were you using for the desktop apps? Uh, I was using multiple technologies. Um, Delphi, which is was pretty popular some years back, was a great language to do desktop, desktop apps, and it allowed us to actually do a client server over the internet. So we could build a com- we had very complex layouts, especially for the hotel business. The entry screens had lots of information. And it allowed us to build the screens easily. It had built-in controls that allowed us to give links to our servers on the back end and be able to have desktop applications that were truly client-server where the data is stored on our servers. And uh, back then, to give you an idea, the magnitude, uh, we used Rackspace for our servers. And they were hosting some of the websites, which which we also had web-based products with the desktop. And the SQL Server used MS SQL Server. And the company was spending about $40,000 to $45,000 a month just in the servers and and Microsoft SQL to give you the magnitude of what was in play. So, you know, um, Delphi was the language that we were using. The language itself was Pascal, believe it or not. I was, like, shocked by it. I loved it. I'm more of a C-sharp guy, like for the web, uh, Microsoft Visual Studio, uh, C-sharp, .NET, that's right, MVC. Um, Some years back, I was also using the uh, web forms, which are now dead, but they played well with what we needed, Uh, again, because we have very complex forms that we had to present the users with. They needed information all in one screen, not divided up in four or five different ones. 
so it worked well back then. And now, of course, you've got the .NET Core, which I do like. We'll see where it goes with that. Um, Razor Pages, we'll see where that where Microsoft goes with that. And how did you first hear about Flutter? It was back in uh, 2017, and it was the uh, Google I.O., and uh, Emily Fortuna was was uh, one of the presenters, and it was also the other Emily, Emily Sheck. And since I'm a big Firebase uh, user, they were talking about Firebase that got my attention, and then they started using the Flutter, and they're talking about widgets and just combine them together. And I was like, what is this? You know, I wasn't used to that. And it really got my attention. And that's when I first heard about uh, Flutter. Now, one of my friends, Joe, would be using Dart, the language Dart. And I heard that before the Flutter. So I heard him using it. You know, I use Dart. I love it. I'm making server products with it and all that. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. But at the Google I.O. 17, that's when it opened up my eyes. And it was still in its infancy, in my opinion. Right. It seems to be a common answer. It seems that, that that moment really kind of, I think people appreciated how much effort Google put into to Flutter at the event. Absolutely. And then when they showed this year at the Dart Conf, you know, in 2018, I was like, they're making some serious progress here. Definitely. And then they were speaking about Dart 2, um, getting rid of all the new statements. You know, you had new, 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 new everywhere with Dart. Right. Once they got rid of that, it made it so much cleaner. Definitely agreed. Yeah. Can, mm-hmm. can you describe a bit the app you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on about probably it's three. It's an answer that requires three different answers. Uh, there's two individual apps. Uh, one is Daily Mood, uh, which is an app that I've had in iOS for many, many years. It's been completely rewritten in Flutter so that it can go to iOS and Android. And eventually, the website. And it's an app that really keeps track of your daily mood. You pick a, a mood the way you are today, and you can pick some tags of what you were doing, maybe going to the movies with a friend on a date with your wife. And it, it helps you to keep track of your mood so that over time you can see what's making you sad, what's making you happy, so you can change your life. It's kind of like a, a journal for your mood. Uh, the other one is... Um, it's like a, a Rosary Army app, which is it's, it's a similar to like an audio podcast app, but it plays the audio even when your device goes into lock mode in the background. So that particular app is in iOS only. And we'll be converting that one to Flutter 2, completely in Flutter, which will be using platform channels because we need the audio to play in the background mode while the device you know, goes into lock mode. And we don't want the device to go into lock mode and then the audio stop playing. So we'll be using platform channels for that. And then uh, thirdly, it's probably a combination of almost about 30 different apps. Uh, since I'm authoring a flutter book for Rocks, uh, John Wally and Sons, I'm making different apps that focus in the tutorials, they focus on each from very basics to more complex widgets, teaching them, take a concept, let's create an app for that concept using the particular widgets, and let's learn how to do that. So there's different projects that will teach them how to put the widgets together, how to nest them together, how to create complex 
layouts out of them. And then the last app will be like a full-blown app, like an enterprise app that will actually use Firestone as the backend for the database. And we will really start putting together all the concepts, concepts together, your state management, which is so important, uh, especially if you're building you know, enterprise-level apps. Amazing. Do you have a sense for when the book will be available? I know there are a lot of Flutter developers looking for books now. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, the goal is to be around March. Currently, uh, I'm uh, finishing up uh, Chapter 12. There's about 15 uh, chapters in total in the book. So we're getting there. That's great. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, are there any aspects in Flutter which uh, you really enjoy or, or specific uh, features? Absolutely. Other than, other than everything is a widget, which at first I was like, what is this? Now I love it. Uh, when I go back and try to do programming in iOS, it's like, uh, uh, where's my widgets? Where's my, uh, you know, I love the widgets. One code base is, is, I love it for both the iOS and Android. Of course, I love the ability that I can add native code, whether, you know, in Kotlin or Swift, uh, or if you wanted to do the old languages of Java, the Objective-C, but uh, I focus more on the Kotlin and Swift for me. Dart, I actually love Dart. At first, I was like, why Dart, you know? And as I started using it, I could see why Joe said, you know, he's using Dart. It's like, Dart, I love it. It's really easy to learn, and it works well. And the beauty that I like about Dart, mobile and web platforms. So if you can use that single code base for both, uh, that, to me, is a, it's a win. Uh, you know, like I said before, nesting the widgets to create that custom look and feel to me is just uh, one of those things that made me fall in love with Flutter. And then, how easy can you get drag and drop? Use gesture detectors, you know, do draggable drag targets. I mean, it's just so easy. Try to do that with iOS and some of the other languages, you know. Uh, you want to scale an object, rotate it, translate, you know, move it around. The transform widgets, I mean, it's so simple. They made them just, just drop that easy. And then animation, I mean, you know, try to do animation in some of the other programming languages. I mean, using the, even the basic widgets like the animated container, uh, the animated opacity, the crossfade, and then the powerful, you know, animation controller where you can pretty much make it do anything you want. And then like a hero animation. Oh, my goodness. You, you. Love it. Enemy from a list of images of a journal entry. Tap on it, and the image animates in the correct place in the next page. I mean, I've done that for iOS, and the amount of code that is needed to do that is unbelievable. And in Flutter, you tag it as a hero animation, give it a unique tag, and it works. I mean, that's easy. And then I absolutely love uh, slivers. The parallax animation. And again, I've done that for iOS coding to the, that beautiful parallax animation as text goes over the image and the image doesn't slide as fast as the text. Slivers, it's all built in. And then, of course, you know, retrieving data, the HTTP package. I mean, how easy can it get to fetch data over the internet? I mean, it's just. Drop dead simple, in my opinion. And those items are just a few. There's so many more. 
but those things, those items, those widgets, the way they do it, I fell in love with Flutter. Agreed on all points. Absolutely. No question. Uh, are there? Uh, I mean, just. No, I'm not saying they just made it so easy for us to develop. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've, no, agree, agreed. I've never found a more productive platform. Um, just the amount you can mm -hmm. accomplish in just a few hours is just uh, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Absolutely. Are there any things in Flutter you'd like to see changed if possible? <laughs> State management. Um, you know, Vuex, Vue.js, they have their own built-in Vuex, which is their state management. Uh, I really would love to see some kind of built-in state management in Flutter. Um, we can use, obviously, third-party options, and we'll talk about those maybe in a little bit here. But I really would love to see that built-in into the product. One other item that I would love to see built in into Flutter, you know, we can use uh, the, either Material or Cupertino. And I would love to have a way to be able to say, okay, the app automatically switched to either Material or Cupertino widgets on, on, on widgets that are like, let's say, date and time pickers. Because they actually work differently in Android and that they do in iOS, I would love a way that we could add a tag, a property that would say, you know, automatically switch between Material and Cupertino on certain widgets. That would really make it uh, wonderful. I know there's third-party um, packages that have, are trying to accomplish that goal, and I've been uh, keeping an eye on them. Uh, the dismissal widget, I would love to have a native way to be able to confirm an action when you delete or archive, you know, with the dismissal widget. And then the other one is the inline web view. Uh, I would love to have an inline web view available. Right. I've tried the third-party package, and it works for basic use cases, but you can't, for example, really nest it um, as a true widget as part of the widgetry. It kind of has to sit on top. That's right. I've tried it too, and um, the inline is very, very important to me. I have certain apps that require that. Right, it's a very common, commonly needed feature, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to state management. So do you have experience with any of the, the common choices people are using? Uh, yeah, state management. Um, one of the things, I mean, I like the block pattern a lot, which is all the built-in uh, stream builder, you know, uh, streams that Dart uses. Um, I... I like also the Rx dot, which kind of wraps all those streams. You have Redux, which I know you like. Yes. Yeah. And you use in your uh, Ninja app, yeah. your Invoice Ninja, right. which, by the way, great product. Thank uh, you. Absolutely great product. Uh, between the three, what I really like at this point is the black pattern. I'm leaning towards more towards that because of the stream builders. Um, I got to be careful not having too many stream builders at once. Uh, what the side effects might be. The part that I like about the block pattern with the stream builder is that you can do it for the mobile and for the web. And I'm hopefully in the future, which I believe it will happen, the desktop. So I'm, I need a state management that will be able to be compatible with all three platforms. Right, that's really interesting. Right, and that seems to be the, the main benefit of the block pattern 
uh, is, is precisely that, that you can have kind of core code, which is then shared uh, web and mobile. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. desktop agreed. We're, we're hoping ourselves to be able to take our app uh, and make it just a desktop app. Currently, we use uh, Electron and Natifier. Uh, and, and essentially, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a progressive web app, right? Essentially, it's web code. And we provide a far better user mm-hmm. experience if we can run Flutter on the desktop. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, since, um, I mean, I've had so much experience with Microsoft SQL servers running your your own servers. With Firebase now, it opened up a new world for me. And that block pattern, since since Firebase was going to use the streams, it kind of goes hand in hand. And um, that's also why I'm looking at the block pattern more and more and more. Very cool. As far as IDE, do you have a preference? IntelliJ, Android Studio, VS Code? Yeah, uh, Android Studio, all the way. Uh, I'm used to the full Visual Studio IDE because of the enterprise apps. Um, VS Code is nice. I like it. It's lightweight, but I prefer Android Studio. Uh, especially with Flutter. Just Android Studio just goes better for me. Is there anything else you'd like to add or, or promote? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to probably, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the right thing to say, give some advice, but if let's say somebody new is starting with Flutter, one of the basic things you want to first start learning is your stateless and stateful widgets. You really need to understand those so that as you develop more complex apps, you will know which ones to use. The widgetry, how important, you know. Uh, the widgetry as you start building the your UI, widgetry can get pretty, it expands quickly. And you need to really learn how to make a shallow widgetry instead. Take portions of the widgetry into either their own widgets, their own class, calling them by a method. You need to really learn to shallow those widget trees. And really learning to nest the widgets together to create unique layouts. Um, it's something you need to experiment with, and it's it's unbelievably powerful. You can pretty much create anything your imagination uh, can think of. And, you know, I always suggest start building with small projects that are very focused on the features that you want to learn. And as you learn those basic features, start creating bigger projects, bigger apps, because that's going to force you to learn things that you didn't think of. You know, and um, as you do that, you will your knowledge will be more and more and more. Now, one of the things I wanted to share, uh, some of the tools that I use, I use uh, Snippets Lab. I, basically, it's a Code Snippets Save app. And when I have certain code snippets that I reuse, I usually save it in there so that I can use them later in different apps. I love using Sketch. Uh, to create icons, specific icons for the apps, uh, illustrations. I also use Pixelmator. I use SIP as my color picker. And when I need icons, I really actually like uh, Icons 8. Uh, that's, they have a pretty good selection. And uh, lastly, you know, I am writing that book, that book for uh, John Raleigh and Sons, and they'll be published there on, uh, on Rocks. It'll be out uh, hopefully there in March working hard at it, and uh, all the source code will be shared on the um, on the Git, GitHub account. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Amazing. That's great advice. Uh, Marco, thank you again for being on the podcast. 
If anyone else listening would like to share their story, you can go to itsowitch.com and click podcast in the top right. Thanks for listening.